Hello and welcome to the Anna Castle podcast. I'm Deborah Beecroft. And I'm Daniel Watkins. And today we will be giving you a brief introduction to the involvement of the Percy family, the Lords of Annick Castle in the Wars of the Roses. The Percys played a key role in these 15th century civil wars, with their actions having efforts across the North and the rest of England, as well as in Scotland. In 2024, Annick Castle will be exploring the Wars of the Roses in various ways. Visit us this upcoming year and you'll find a new exhibition, Lions of the Red Rose, based on the new book of the same name written by the present Duke of Northumberland. There will also be performances, activities and special events inspired by the period taking place throughout our open season. This is the first of several Wars of the Roses themed podcasts we have planned for this year and we hope you enjoy it. In the years following Harry Hotspur's rebellion against King Henry IV in 1403, the Percy family lost almost all of their power. Hotspur's father, the first Earl of Northumberland, was killed in 1408, and his wife and son fled to the court of Scottish King Robert III. By 1416, England had a new king, Henry V. He restored the title of Earl of Northumberland to Hotspur's son, making him the second Earl. King Henry also allowed him to take his grandfather's head off the spike on London Bridge, where it had been on display for the previous eight years. The second Earl and his wife Eleanor had at least nine children. Four of their sons, Henry, Thomas, Richard and Rafe, grew up to become warriors. At the time, this was quite fortunate as the Earl was in the middle of a long and violent feud with the Neville family, the other most powerful family in the north of England at the time. The head of this branch of the Nevilles was the Earl of Salisbury. Thomas Percy, also known as Lord Egremont, seemed to have inherited Harry Hotspur's temper and hot-headedness. He was violent was happy to start fights and arguments, and disliked authority. He had a personal feud with John Neville, and they spent the summer of 1453 fighting each other whenever they could. Thomas and his brother Richard broke into houses, smashed windows, robbed, looted, attacked officials, and interrupted church services. Things became so bad that King Henry VI asked their fathers, Northumberland and Salisbury, to control their sons. But Thomas and John ignored this. Thomas even ambushed a Neville family wedding with an army of 700 men. They finally clashed in a proper fight at Stamford Bridge in 1454, and the Percys were defeated by the Nevilles. Thomas and Richard Percy were both sent to Newgate Prison in London. It was around this time that Henry VI, who had been king for nearly 30 years, became incapacitated by severe mental illness. The Duke of York aimed to take power and become Lord Protector, and needed the Earl of Salisbury's help, and Salisbury needed York's military power to beat the Percys. The Percys, meanwhile, sided with Henry's queen, Margaret of Anjou, who hated the Duke of York. In 1455, the King's army, the Lancastrians, and York's army, the Yorkists, fought the first battle of the Wars of the Roses at St Albans. The second Earl of Northumberland was one of the commanders on the King's side. He was trapped against a wall and hacked to death, trying to protect Henry. The Orchists won, and the Duke of York regained his title of Lord Protector. He allowed Northumberland's son Henry to inherit the earldom, making him the third earl. The third earl of Northumberland was one of several young lords who were furious at their fathers being killed in the Battle of St Albans and Queen Margaret was angry at York for trying to take power again. She set up her own royal council. 
The four Percy brothers were all part of it. Thomas and Richard made themselves available to serve on the council in 1456 by making a daring escape from Newgate. They released other prisoners, who distracted the guards, while the two Percys climbed the walls and jumped onto horses that had been left outside for them. In 1458, a council was called in London in an attempt to make peace. The third earl turned up with a large force of soldiers, demanding compensation for his father's death, which he got. The council ended with a public reconciliation called the Love Day, where the opposing nobles were made to walk arm-in-arm through the city streets to show they were no longer enemies. But the Percys and the Nevilles remained enemies, and the Wars of the Roses continued. While the Earl increased his power in the north, gaining more responsibility for the region and for guarding the border of Scotland, Thomas Percy was killed at the Battle of Northampton in July 1460. He put himself directly between King Henry VI's tent and the Yorkist army charging towards it. And before his death, he is supposed to have killed two knights while defending the king. Northampton was another victory for York, who began to take control of the country, apart from the north, which the Earl of Northumberland ruled almost as an independent Lancastrian state. When York was killed at the Battle of Wakefield in December 1460, his son Edward took up his cause and his claim to the throne, leading to the Battle of Towton on the 29th of March 1461. The third Earl of Northumberland was at this battle, struggling through the mud and snow with his army. They were pushed back as the fighting went on. He slipped and was hit by an enemy weapon. Badly wounded, he was dragged to the rear of the battle and later died. His brother Richard was also killed at Towton. The Earl's 12-year-old son would have become the 4th Earl of Northumberland, but Edward, now King Edward IV, put him in the Tower of London instead, until he could decide what to do with the Percys. Sir Rafe Percy was the last fighting brother left, and had to manage the new situation in the north, as the Nevilles took over the various castles and strongholds in the county of Northumberland. When the Nevilles arrived to take control, Annick Castle surrendered peacefully, and so did Dunstanborough, where Rafe was constable. He was allowed to keep his position there as long as he was loyal to the new king. By the start of 1462, the Lancastrians had taken Annick Castle back, but it was returned to the Yorkists by the summer of that year, while Queen Margaret, now in charge of Henry VI's cause, was in France looking for support for her husband. When she arrived in England again, she and her army took charge of Dunstanborough and then laid siege to Annick, which gave up to her. Rafe Percy pledged his loyalty to the Lancastrians. The Yorkists marched north again to take the Northumberland castles back. This time they started with Walkworth and then Bamborough, which surrendered on the condition that Rafe Percy was granted custody of it. Annick and Dunstanborough were both being besieged at the same time, and both gave up in January 1463. While possession of Northumberland's castles continued to switch between the two sides, Edward IV put Lord Montague and Neville in charge of the eastern part of the border, traditionally a Percy job. Rafe Percy started making trouble in the north. When Montague was sent to meet some Scottish diplomats and take them to a conference in York, Rafe and a group of Lancastrians tried to ambush him on the way, hiding with spears and bows in a wood near Newcastle. This didn't work, but in April 1464, they blocked his route at Hedgley Moor in Northumberland and a battle began. Many of the Lancastrian lords and their soldiers fled as the fighting turned against them, but Rafe Percy didn't. 
Outnumbered and surrounded, he kept fighting. He charged his enemies and got his horse to make a leap of nearly 30 feet. The location of Percy's leap has now been preserved at the site ever since. Rafe was killed at Hedgley Moor. His last words are supposed to have been an oath of loyalty to King Henry VI. With the four Percy brothers and their father all dead, Annick Castle and the land around it was now in the hands of the Nevilles. John Neville was even given the title of Earl of Northumberland. However, young Henry Percy was still in prison, and King Edward knew that if Percy stayed loyal to him, he could be a barrier to total Neville control in the north. Percy knew that keeping on the king's good side might mean the Percy lands and titles would one day be his. In October 1469, Henry, now aged 20, swore an oath of loyalty to Edward. The following year, the king restored him to the earldom of Northumberland, the Percy estates and wardenship of the eastern border. The Nevilles had lost their power and the Percys had returned. By the mid-1470s, Henry VI was dead and Edward remained king. The fourth Earl of Northumberland helped put down any Lancastrian uprisings in the north for him and in 1475 he accompanied the king to France where Edward met his French counterpart. Edward gave a lot of the Neville inheritance to his brother Richard, the Duke of Gloucester, later known as Richard III. This meant Henry Percy's life would become linked to Richard throughout the 1470s and 1480s. Richard's expanding power in the north led to him recruiting huge numbers of workers, usually from other northern landowners. The fourth earl complained, and it was decided that while he was subservient to Richard, Richard would not take workers from the county of Northumberland. The two men kept to the limits of each other's areas of influence, but worked together when and where they needed to. When tensions with Scotland rose in the early 1480s, Richard and the Earl got their armies together and prepared for war. King Edward wouldn't sanction it, but Richard and Henry kept lobbying for invasion. They assembled an army of 19,000 at Annick Castle and took it north to Berwick. They left 4,000 people blockading the town and split up. Richard went directly to Edinburgh, where King James III of Scotland had been locked up. Percy attacked farms, castles and vassal houses in the borders before joining Richard in Edinburgh. They marched back south together and besieged Berwick Castle until it surrendered. The Earl took custody and Berwick became part of England once and for all. When Edward IV died in 1483 and Richard took the throne, he granted titles and powers to his supporters like Henry Percy. In return, Percy brought his army south to London for Richard's coronation, ready to defend the new king. You can hear more about the role he played at the coronation in episode 37 of the podcast Crowns and Coronets. In 1485, Henry Tudor launched an invasion and planned to take the throne from Richard. He and Richard both raised armies. The Earl of Northumberland was grieving his wife Maud, who had very recently died, but he still raised an army and marched to join the king's forces. He was meant to lead part of Richard's army at the Battle of Bosworth. During the battle, Richard called for Percy's support, but he either could not or would not order his soldiers to join the attack. Richard ended up being killed in the battle, Tudor took the throne and Percy fled the battlefield. He later presented himself to the new king and was placed in custody. By the end of 1485, after a brief stint back in the Tower of London, the fourth earl pledged his loyalty again. He was forgiven and released, keeping his lands and titles. When the new king Henry VII visited the north in 1486, the earl of Northumberland apparently saved his life from enemies who tried to kill him in York. 
but in 1489, the king raised taxes and the earl was responsible for collecting them in the north. Many northerners still felt loyalty to Richard III. The earl was confronted in Yorkshire by a group of angry rebels who dragged him from his horse and killed him. He was given a lavish funeral in Beverley Minster, which cost more than a thousand pounds. The funeral was ordered by the king, but he didn't pay for it. It was attended by 500 priests, a thousand clerks, and 13,340 poor people who each got two pennies for attending. The earl's eldest son, also Henry, became fifth earl of Northumberland and was later known as Henry the Magnificent in the time of Henry VIII. He died in 1527 of natural causes. That was a condensed history of the Percys in the Wars of the Roses. If you'd like to know more, we can definitely recommend the book Lines of the Red Rose, available from Anna Castle from this year. Head to our website for information on upcoming performances and events relating to this key part of British history taking place at Annick Castle, as well as details on the Lines of the Red Rose exhibition. And of course, for more podcasts relating to this subject, please subscribe to the Annick Castle podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. We will be back with another podcast in two weeks. Until then, I've been Deborah. And I've been Daniel. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Bye.